<clears throat> Sorry. No, that I was like Neil that. Very human. Uh, I finally humanized myself. Yeah. Hey, it's Neil Brennan. Um, I'm off the road for a while, but guys, I'm coming to your TV screens January 18th, Saturday, January 18th at 11:59. Oh shit. Slash midnight. For what, Neil? One hour comedy special what? on Comedy Central. Yeah. Comedy Central special, one yeah. hour long. What's it called? Women and black dudes. That doesn't make any sense. If you've been listening to the Champs podcast, you'll know. Neil is you know what's stupid about things. me? I'm like, why does everyone associate me with black dudes? And then it's like, so people are like, talk to us about the podcast. I'm like, it's only black dudes. <laughs> um, and That's so exciting. Yeah, it'll be, it's funny. And An hour-long special. Hour-long, just me on Comedy Central. You're and, um, and every Sunday night in Santa Monica, my show at 9 o'clock at the Westside Comedy Theater. That's well, it. Of course. Hey, it's Moshe. Um, hey, uh, I will be in La Jolla. California, San Diego, co-headlining with the lovely Natasha Leggero uh, this very weekend, the 10th of November. Hero, 11th. American hero Natasha Leggero. True, comedy hero, now knee comedy hero. Look her up, guys. Natasha Leggero, motion bang at her. It's really great and stuff. That's why she, she's a, Nope, there is no and. That's why she's, <laughs> that's a, why hero. she's a hero. Uh, no, yeah, she had a big kerfuffle yep. and wrote a very well-worded uh, Perfectly worded to such a kerfuffle. Yeah. Um, so we will be together in La Jolla, uh, which is the San Diego area, January 10th and 11th at the Comedy Store. January 17th and 18th, I will be in Charleston, South Carolina as a part of the Charleston Comedy Festival at the Footlight Playhouse. Uh, January 24th, San Francisco Sketch Fest. 25th, University of Austin Hillel. And then the 30th through the 1st, I'll be in Atlanta, Georgia at the Improv. And there's more. Just look me up. MosheKasher.com. Lots of stuff. Hey, you can get a Champs t-shirt, too. Uh, you know, go they there. They getting one. Oh, they haven't got I, one already. Look, should I t- explain the context through which this episode is? Let me just get this out of the way. You can edit this out if you don't like it, Neil. Okay. Today's guest. Speak hi- up. Today's guest, <laughs> hip hop impresario, uh, breaking breaking the racial f- uh, glass ceiling of the champs once again. Uh, it's MC Search, who you may know from Third Base, and. Um, we don't know how long he's going to stay. I had a long conversation with a guy named somebody Rosen, Jew, trying to get him out of here quickly. He said 45 minutes. So if today's episode is short. You know what? Blame Rosen. Don't blame, blame me. Jews. I'll blame, I'm going to blame all Jews. And if he does leave early, we'll give him the gas face. What? Come on. I don't get it. <laughs> you will. I don't get it. Tune in. Now you're fucking with the champs. Uh, all right, one two, one two. Clock. Yeah, Gary's one, watching two. the clock. Um, uh, your Gary, side Jew is watching the Gary, clock. Gary, do the right now. thing, <laughs> guys. Search is here. Yes, MC search. Uh, MC search. search. I mean, no, no, no. Have no, you, no. you dropped them? Let's just be real clear. Yeah. On TV, it's search. Okay. Not it's In MC search though? all day. It's MC Search all day. Right. So if you call me Search for the sake of calling me Search, I might smack both of you. Oh, no. It's MC Search. You oh, introduced- so it's, that's, we're, we can call you MC Search? Please. It's a real right, booby trap because you introduced yourself as Search, so we're going to get smacked for no, following no, your No, no, no. I gave you the warning. <laughs> Great. So now the warning's out of the way. Now we're good. Now we're focused now. Let's talk about the talk show. Where did this come from? And how did it come to be? The talk show came to be. Um, you have a right talk show that. syndicated 
afternoon. Yeah. Well, right now, right now it's a daytime talk show. It's in eight markets. Um, test testing right now. We did twenty episodes. Um, Baruch Hashem, it'll be more. Moshe. Oh, you are a real Jew, man. Exactly. I was Feeling expecting because right I heard these stories about swords and canes and no, high top Pete fades nice. and stuff. That's Pete Nice. I got the high top fade. Pete Nice had the canes with the swords in them. Um, <laughs> so when I did uh, the White Rapper show, a guy named Steve Wall. One of my favorite. You ever see the White no, Rapper show? No. It Moshe. was. I, mean, I literally. What am I doing here? I'm not even fucking around. Before I knew you were coming here, two days ago, I thought of the White Rapper show just in the middle of the day. Just as like fucking, I and love I know that and I know show. what you thought. Go ghetto survival, right? Ghetto revival. Uh, Hallelujah, holla back. That's what you thought of, right? <laughs> That's was, what you think. I That's, can't explain to you this show. That's Moshe, like, B, I really? It was Dude, all. I, what, it I mean, was fifteen white rappers in a living house, in a house together in the South Bronx. It's called in the South. It's called, it called the my White Rapper high. Show. Ego Trip, the magazine Did produced it. it. was on VH1. It? Nobody. 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 There was a kid named John Brown. Yeah, John Brown. Doing, hallelujah, right. holla back. Yeah, he would say hallelujah, holla back. Um, it was the most, 15, there's no one worse than a white rapper. God, God bless. <laughs> wow. But honestly, you talk. Word. No, but you talk. Word be like real meal, real talk. No, no, no. Word. No, no, no. I'm, but, not, I'm not talking about sign. I'm not talking. The Beastie Boys, Eminem, and you guys are exempt. Action Bronson. Action Bronson Action is Bronson's on my list good. as well. There's some good people. But you know, hey, you. High and Mighty. No. One of your classic clips is talking Bill Bill? Means Necro? Me. Never heard Non-fiction? of him. Nonfiction? Never heard of him. Wow. Have you seen him on Arsenio talking about Vanilla Ice way back in the old Arsenio? Nah, uh, I mean, that, were you, were that's you, you talking shit about the white rapper. I'm sorry, you were beefing with Vanilla Ice? We had a little bit of beef. It was, it's amazing. Yeah. He it's was amazing whack. TV. Like oh, he was, he was whack. Out, you had beef with Yauk though, right? Yes. What was your beef with Yauk? God rest his soul. No, I don't want to talk about that right <laughs> okay. now. But I want right. what I want to say about the Vanilla Ice thing, you know, <laughs> is that he was whack. We had I to totally diss him. agree. We had to diss him. Yeah. So anyway, six years ago, right after the white rapper show. Guy named Steve Wall sees the show and he's like, "Dude, you should have a talk show." I don't and disagree a, with him. An amazing dude named Jim Paratori who did People's Court. He did Jenny Jones. He did Ellen. Yeah. He was just starting the show called TMZ. He's having his own production deal. We had a meeting. He was like, "Dude, let's let's see what happens." And we did nine episodes. And the amazing thing was, it was going to go on the air, and they were all like really excited. It's going to happen. It's when was happen. that? When oh, was seven? It? Okay. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, I guess they make the decisions for shows in like July. Right. Like I didn't, I wasn't an industry dude. Like I knew nothing about right. it. Please, like, dude, please it's have gonna a happen. seat. I'm an industry guy. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Well, then you can help me with the knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Knowledge me, Neil. That's knowledge me, yeah, yeah. Uh, me. Yeah. Anyway, no. so July, they're like, oh, it's going to happen, dude. You got to come to LA. We're going to have this critics week and they're going to promote the show. Yada, da, 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 da. I get tickets i'm ready to go i'm my wife and i are like oh for Hashem, business it's class gonna happen. Business did you class? did she say baruch hashem for real my wife did she's she's converted twice Is oh that wow true? double up yes she so you converted once Chantel, and then you deconverted no i converted reform then i converted conservative oh yeah you got one more to my go wife, one more to go for Chantel. holiness <laughs> Chantel and I would like to tell people she's By the way, Questlove has a crush on my wife, Chantel. Of course, so just, perfect skin. Your wife has perfect skin. Yes, she does. So uh, <laughs> the day that they had to make their decision, they chose this doctor. This Gave you the gas doctor, face. Dr. Oz. No, no. <laughs> Fucking guy. I got dissed. I got the gas face by Dr. Oz, B. Oh, man. So then he, but he was like, Jim was like, no, 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 no. This is going, we're going to put it on. Like, and he like. 
bought my second option, bought my third option, and like the money kept going up yeah. and up, and like literally to sit home and chill. Yeah. And then the third year, Jim passed away. Right. I was going to say. I yeah, thought Jim yeah. Paratory passed yeah. away. So the tape kind of died with him. Got it. And um, he had it buried with him, correct? Yeah. He didn't want anybody else in, to. Right. He didn't in, want anyone in, else in to get the tape. Right. It's yeah. Exactly right. It was weird. It was a that, and that's how the industry works. It was it's a, actually, you know what? The tape is on his tombstone. And if you want to see the tape, <laughs> you have to go to his tombstone. It's a very to modern tombstone. Right. Who's got the time? Next level shit. That's Look, I'm a huge search fan. We'd love to be in the search business. I'm not going to a goddamn uh, graveyard to see a goddamn pilot. Uh, this grave has been brought to you by <laughs> by, by Crest. Crest. I was going to say Crest White Groups. You'll see it's the common in both of us. Yeah, thank you. It's the Jew connection. Uh, it's the so lyrics. now you're on in eight markets. What are the markets? Uh, New York, right. LA, right. DC and Philly. Never heard of it. Right. Never heard of it. Miami. Miami. These are all big uh, Indy, markets. Indy, Dallas, and San Diego. Great. No matter how many times you say it, it always goes down smooth. <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> Line from Anchorman. Yeah. So anyway, so the guy who is his right-hand man goes to CBS and says, we want to give it a shot. And... Side unseen, they go in and we get this run. And so, so far, it's been amazing. So, what's tell us the premise of the whole? You're like premise a, is is like being using my street smarts, using my years of counseling. You know, I'm a Jew, so there's a lot of counseling, marriage counseling, therapy. You're just on, you are g- granted a doctorate in psychology just by virtue Period. of being born Period. Jew. and married. But yeah, exactly. As a Jew, you know that there's therapy. You, you've Our heard family- my joke about how they how they. This is a horrible joke that you guys may not like, but I like the joke. Okay. I would say Chantel, you'll get me on it. You know how it must be easy to find Jews during World War II because they were constantly talking about being Jewish. No, I don't you guys, to that. Ne- no. no Jews, no two Jews talk for more than three minutes without bringing up like, well, you know how we are. Even when they're talking and about how they're not them Jewish. Up. Right. Like, oh, yeah. To the <laughs> camps. That's exactly right. Straight to the summer camp yeah, for you. Exactly. Well, so, you know, I, you know what I they just do use my street smarts. I use my knowledge. I use this this incredible marriage that I've had, ups and downs, and I just how, You guys have to been together a long time, right? 23 years. Yeah. Damn. 20, well, now, 25. Well, 25. Well, 23 well. married. Well, what yeah. were you born? Were you born into like a nice Jewish home? Or are you from? I was what's, born what's into the traditional fucked up Jewish home. Sure, you know, conservative family, great dad, great mom, um, but you know, had the Bickersons. You know, they were right. just, you know, their way of talking was yelling at each other, and their way of loving each other was yelling at each other. And I didn't learn the proper way to be in a marriage, the proper way to. Do you kind still of find yourself just snapping into that? No, I well, I used to, but I, my wife kind of beat it out of me, and it took a long time of beatings. And was it your shame? Secret? What would you do, Shonda? You would shame him, or you would just sort of like? Or would you beat him? Oh, just a combination of sh- a little shaming, a little bit. Yeah. No, she would say to me, literally, like. Well, no, I would. I would kind of. I guess shaming. <laughs> Look at yourself. <laughs> Look at yourself. Literally, go. Yeah. Are you serious right now? Like yeah. that was her line. Are you serious right now? Yeah. Like, look at yourself. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. This is not normal. You're like, all from the streets, you know? I mean, I just... Would that be your response? No. I'm not looking at myself for shit, you know what I mean? You look at you. What are you doing? I'm right doing now? What are you my street thing. Yeah, right? I was really nervous. They're making me nervous right oh, now. Oh, you're, you're a publicist over here who's yeah, like the most yeah, Jewy, <laughs> straight up yuppie. He's, he's like, what was that? I was not know. street in any no, way. I mean, he keeps it real. Yeah, he no. He keeps I, it 100. He's so real. Goddamn. Um... So it was really about, you know, um, understanding, like, I got to listen to my wife. Right. And learn from her. And I did. And that's what I bring to the show now. Is it a lot of merit? It's like squabbles? It's, not, it's just beef. People beef. And they just don't have a way of 
connecting their beef to fixing the beef. Because you actually are, you have a reputation not only on the show, but in hip hop period of t- helping people squash beef, right? One of the stories we heard, yes. we would love for you to tell this story. Okay. Is the story of, of, of Tupac, somebody was flying from New York. And and in the air you were squashing beef. Do you know what I'm talking? Hold about? Hold on, just got six texts in a row from Amir from Questlove, who was yeah. very adamant that we have you on the show. Okay, do you not know? Is this not? I'm just gonna. I'm, I said, what are the good stories? And he wrote, Michael Concepcion, MC Hammer. Okay. Oh, MC Go. Hammer, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Go. So so white of you, right dude. Now. I'm from Oakland, man. Yes, uh, MC Hammer is my is, guy. Is is very is a, well, near yeah, and dear. I, I understand. Well. We, I have a problem with Hammer. Yeah. I have a pro- he tried to kill me. I want to hear this. Okay. So third base has their product of the environment release of their single. We're giving away a Jeep on K-Day. K-Day was K-Day the, the original station. radio station to play hip-hop 24 hours a day. Right. AM station in L.A. And we're coming out here for the cactus. By the way, that sounds like a thousand years ago. We were giving away a Jeep on Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> we were giving, giving away, away a, a Jeep. Jeep. Yeah. We were doing a whole sweepstakes. It was crazy. The album was popping. Like, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. In fact, Ice Cube said to me that the reason he went to New York to work on America's Most Wanted were the beats on the Cactus album. Did 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 uh, did the bomb squad work on that? No. What happened was Ice Cube was actually in New York waiting for Sam Sever, who was the producer of the majority of the beats on the Cactus album. Okay. Sam never showed, but Chuck D did, and said, "I'm in Green Street working on this record called Burn Hollywood Burn right. with Big Daddy Kane. Right. Why don't you come to the studio?" And Great. That's how the bomb squad linked up with Ice Cube. Thought about that record last night. Uh, Another when record. you look at bums, uh, uh, slaves, and ho- whatever uh, Butler's made, slaves and so- right. it's literally still. The only black roles that are available, <laughs> Butler, and that's what they get nominated for. Like, and the best Butler made slave or hoe <laughs> this year. That's at the Sorrento. What's his name? Like, it's all the Butler, the slave. It's crazy. Go ahead. Yeah, it is. So, there's a line on the cactus, the theme song from the album, that my partner says that is lyrical, and he says, "A prickly pear and a stank hoe." The cactus turned Hammer's mother out because his name of his album was Turn This Mother Out. Right. So we were saying the cactus turned Hammer's mother out. He said we were dissing his mom. I'm with so, him on to that. To be fair, yeah. I'm Are with you him. both fucking crazy? That's <laughs> I mean, a dope line. I'm pretty paranoid. It might be a dope line. Turned- it's still, I, if I'm Hammer, I still think like, I wouldn't go, well, I'm going to give these white kids the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> you know, go You're fuck on. yourself. <laughs> fine. Yeah. That's fine. fine. No, no, no. So he, so in the gentlemanly thing to do, he puts a $50,000 hit on us with my sure. conception and, and the Crips because that's the way to handle He it. actually, and, and Hammer lost most of his money just on hits. Right. <laughs> go along. It's right. so weird because he's such a square in my, in, in my imagination. Right. My mind. No, no, he's no. He pastor is. buying, you know, helicopters for the Oakland Police Department. And right. here he is like, oh, you said one thing about my mom? You're dead. Okay. So anyway, so we're on a plane on our way to L.A. I'm with my wife. We're with all girlfriends. This is going to be a big, big special trip. First trip to L.A., big special trip. And giving away a Jeep, for God's sake. Giving away a Jeep. Like, it's want? crazy. It's I'm, crazy. In my mind, the Jeep was yellow. Go on. It, it probably was. <laughs> it was. And it was a Sahara <laughs> is what it was. It was a Sahara <laughs> Jeep. So we Suzuki get a call. Samurai. Def Jam, Carmen Ashurst Watson, who was the president of Def Jam, gets a call from Louis Burrell, Hammer's brother. His third base on their way to L.A. 
She goes, yeah, they're going. And he goes, they're fucking dead and hangs up the phone. So she immediately calls Russell. And Russell, she goes, I think we got a problem. I think there's might be a problem <laughs> with the boys going to L.A. And Russell calls Eric B. Right. And Eric B. knows all of the gangsters, all the hoods, and all the guys in L.A. He reaches out and finds out, yeah, it's true. Yeah, there's a hit. And they asked Eric, well, can you help us do something about it? He's like, no, nah, I'm not getting involved. I'm not, you'll have to figure that out yourself. So they find out that it's with my conception, who at the time was, Ryan, 50,000 members of the Crips. And they get my conception on the phone. Now, mind you, we're in the air. Like, yay, LA, it's going to be fucking <laughs> yeah. awesome. What a lovely, what a lovely they, lyric they, that was. Yeah, they a call. dope lyric. We're not even thinking. <laughs> can I just tell you something? We're not even thinking about the lyric. Like, I was not. not thinking. It was on the cactus. It was on an album right. cut. It wasn't like, you yeah. know. But we also had the diss in the video with Run DMC dissing the hammer in the gas face. So you didn't the, like Hammer? No, Hammer was whack. From before that, you... No, so Hammer you, was whack. Listen, Your defense hammer, of this lyric is... And is, let's just be very clear about something. Hammer had a video in the day that he dissed New York. Uh-huh. And he said, Hammer, you ain't hitting in New York. Well, you know, he was like, fuck New York. Like, it was 88. You didn't say that about the birthplace of hip-hop. Right. Things have gone down for that. L.A., you know, the whole thing with the dog pound, you know, that, that was what it was. East Coast, West Coast, it was, it was what it was. Right. We weren't having it. So we had a very creative line. And that's what the line really meant, that we were going to sell, outsell Hammer. He took it the way he took it. Gazan, Gazan. Jewish? <laughs> very Jewish. Thank man. you. We're in the air. We're You're more Jewish than I expected, by the <laughs> no, way. No, no, no. I'm, I'm mega Jew, B. You're lucky I cut my pay for this interview. <laughs> um, so we're in the air, and they're on the phone with my conception, and my conception's like, yeah. He's like, but listen, I'm going to do you a favor. And I know this because I spoke to my conception about this 10 years later in Detroit when he used to come to Detroit. Uh, he said, listen, we're not going to kill them. We're just going to break their legs, but you'll still be able to shoot them from the waist up. So you'll, they'll be still be able to do television and all that, but we're going to break both their legs. we got to do that. And Give us have that. To. We have to. We, it's, we it's, get, we it's get, what's right. They get 15 grand if they break your legs. Well, no, they still get the 50. <laughs> so they're like, no, it can't happen. How can we avoid this? And he said, well, I got a couple of things I'm working on that I need help with. I have this project I'm doing called We're All in the Same Gang. We're looking for a label to put out the We're All in the Same Game record. I have all these rappers on it, but I don't have a label. I need help with that. And I want to sit next to Michael Jackson at the American Music Awards, 1990. They're like, um, okay, hold on. So they call. Amir is now calling. <laughs> Amir, we're doing Not in the middle interview. of the story. Of course, in the middle of the story. Keep going. Okay. So they called Donnie Einer, who was the chairman of Columbia Records, and said, we need your seats for the American Music Awards. We have to have this guy in a wheelchair sitting next to Michael Jackson at the AMAs. He's in a wheelchair. He's in guy. a wheelchair. Got He's it. been shot so many times, he was paralyzed from sure. the waist down. So, which is all he wanted to do to you, by the way. Right. He wanted nothing worse for you. Speaking of all in the same gang, he wanted you in his gang. Do unto others as others have done unto. I've already done to you. The golden rule. Right. Exactly right. Michael Golden Rule Conception. Right. (laughs) So they get him the seats. So now the problem is there's 50,000 members that know that if they touch third base, they get the bounty. And 
we're now landing. What, what is it? A bunch of crypts on like tin cans? Like, well, how does everybody no, hear? No, yo, it's a beeper and a pager system. They got a certain beep and a certain page. And one guy, they had a meeting with all the lieutenants, and the lieutenants went out to their guys, and that's how it went down. Sure. So we get to LA, and we're now we're landing. And as soon as we get into the airport, and we're coming out, and this is at the time when people could just come to. There wasn't any security checking. Like, you could just walk to the yeah. gate and be like, oh, Steve, you got off the plane. It's wonderful yeah. to see you. Let's go to the car. Oh, MC Search. I'm right. going to break it, your kneecap. Exactly. Oh, MC Search. Pop, pop goes yeah. your fucking brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, we get covered. In blue And rags. rushed. And people are like, move, move, move. We got to get them out. Get them out. And they're rushing us out of the airport into a van. Who, who was it? Security. This guy, Uncle Mel. My man, Mel Swint, who I'm still close with to this Somebody day. that you knew? No. So you people, just were greeted just at greeted the gate like, by some a, Crips and, who were no, like, come no, with me if you want to live. Oh, got so it. So the beef had not really been squashed. We didn't know anything about the beef. Okay, but but the, he, the, the Michael Concepcion thing, basically they said, we'll get you next to Michael Jackson. We'll put the record out. Right. But he hadn't communicated to anybody. No, like, no. It's this off. all happened in two hours. Got it. There was no way to get that word out right. because there were no... Phones at that time. Yeah. Nobody was carrying cell phones. They were yeah. like $1,000 a minute yeah. back in the day. So it wasn't – they couldn't communicate that yeah. way. So the plane's now coming down, coming down, covers, right? And all I'm thinking as I look over is, oh, my God, we're bigger than the fucking Beatles. Like, uh. they have to cover us. <laughs> this is amazing. And they get us in this van. Heads down. Heads down. Keep your heads down. And we're like this. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're fucking – we're the fucking Beatles. Like – I think it's amazing. We get to the Hollywood Hyatt. They got a whole floor. Nobody can stay on the floor. They got security at the elevators. I'm like, this is amazing. We are fucking you. Finally. Dude, we made it. Honey, this is a Right? Then all of a sudden, this lieutenant comes up, and they explain what's going on. And this lieutenant comes up. His name Pookie. Sure, he they're was, all named Pookie, aren't right? they? I mean, every gangbanger is named Pookie. This was before it was a joke. Right. This was a real I know Pookie. a guy named Pookie. He <laughs> does the Sunday Night Show with the Leopard. Pookie, okay. Pookie Wiggins. It might be the same dude. It could right? be Pookie Wiggins. So he was yeah. lieutenant. And the one thing I noticed is he had all these little mounds on his arms and on his chest. And they were all bullets that, you know, that are just in his... Anyway, it, it, so Pookie comes up and, and they're explaining this to me. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. This is bullshit. Like, we're, come right. on. And they're like, no. You're not leaving. We're going to go do this. And Uncle Mel is telling me, we're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. And I'm like, no. What was this? What did you have to do? No, we have to do radio. Okay, so you are doing it. Release party, and then you're out of Dodge. Like, this is what we're doing. This, 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 and this. And I'm like, fuck that. I want to go to the Beverly Center and take my wife shopping. (laughs) By the way, in like 88 through 94, the Beverly Center was was the the coolest fucking place on the planet. It was building. You can't, you couldn't even believe, it was like the the China Club if it was a mall. Yes, it's exactly (laughs) what it was. And I wanted to go, and I wanted to take Chantel. At the risk yeah. of your life and I didn't your wife's fuck life. A risk worth of life. it. Worth it. You <laughs> weren't the there, Beverly bro. Center. The Beverly Center is that good. Store itself. <laughs> the sneaker store itself, B. Mosher, what are you talking about? Foot Locker, first I'm with level. You. I support you. Foot Locker. Foot Locker on the first level. Thank you. Hey, you Thank guys, you, Neil. You, you know. Keep it 100, yeah. Neil. Keep yeah, it 100. Know, 110 is what you're keeping. I wake up at 150. So Pookie goes, no, no, no. Let him go. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go to Beverly Center. I said, see? Pookie we're going. gets it. So Pookie, no, we'll go. So I go in the car, and Pookie's with me. 
and we go to Beverly Center, and there's this you know giant cutout of the Beverly Center where there's different you know areas, and there's one big main area. And they're like, yo, you know, Pookie goes, yeah, you know, there's some people that notice you, recognize you. Why don't you go down the escalator, go sign some autographs? I'm like, damn right, I'm going to do that. Pookie. Fucking search. Couldn't do that. So I'm going down the elevator, and sure enough, oh, my God, it's MC Search, third base. I love you, man. Signing autographs, taking pictures. And I noticed that Chantel was going to follow me, and Pookie's like, no, 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 stay here with me. (laughs) I'm like, shit, I'm going to just go do my thing. Fuck it. I'm searched. I'm doing it. Oh. Sorry. Number Keep the mic up yeah. here. Okay. Yeah. So um, I go to down there and I start signing autographs and I'm looking up and there's some dudes coming at me and I'm like, cool. I'm signing more autographs and all of a sudden they're starting to put blue rags around their Oof. face and they like, and I'm noticing dudes behind me and now, now, and they're all now they're starting to run at me and Pookie whistles, and throws up some signals and they stopped in their tracks. Damn. And they pulled it down. And they said, yo, Search, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm a big fan, G. Like, I'm sorry I almost had to kill you, B. I'm a big fan. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. This that's, shit is crazy. That's chilling. Oh, this yeah. This shit is crazy. That is chilling. And I, I love the idea of I, them just, like, going, like, they might as well, like, they, like, briefcases form in their hands. Like, the blue rags come down. Right. They just, like, blend into the back. It was, it was, it was mind-boggling. It's like a flash mob, but with murder. Right, exactly. With murder and, and guts and gore. It's <laughs> a really good way so, to put it. So, I definitely, definitely played the hotel close. So the American Music Awards are that night, and if you watch the tape, my conception is sitting right next to Michael Jackson. I remember I that and going, why is that guy sitting with Michael right. Jackson? That's so, so funny. Okay, so the next day we had to do K-Day to talk about the winning and the, the award and all that. Greg Mack, Mack Attack, Lisa Canning. You won the award? No, no, no. I didn't win okay. anything. We weren't even nominated. Okay. Hammer won four awards that night. Well. And Michael Jackson won seven. Worst right. mama, right? He won that award. He won, right. He won a ton of awards. Worst award. taking, <laughs> getting his mother. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we're doing, this, we're doing this interview with Greg Mack and goes, Greg Mack out of nowhere goes, oh, and we got a special guest on the line, live from, from winning four American Music Awards. It's MC Hammer. And I'm like, this motherfucker set us up. I can't believe it. And Hammer goes, hey, Greg Mack, how you doing? Oh, congratulations, Greg Mack. I know you got some special words for third base, don't you? He's like, yeah, man. I don't really appreciate, you know, y'all dissing my mother. You know, you guys want to do records, but I don't really appreciate you dissing my mother. And I'm like, yo, we didn't diss your matriarchal, but if you think we dissed your matriarchal, why don't you be a man and step up? Stop being a bitch behind other gang members, and why don't you just step up and do what you're supposed to do? You know what you did? You know what you did? You know what you... And he's like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Greg Mack's like, I said, Greg, why don't we go to the call and see who's better? Let's see who's better. Let's see what L.A. thinks. If they like third base or hammer better, let's let's go to the callers. Since you set this up, you bitch. He's like, hey, watch your language. I'm like, whatever, B. Let's go to the callers. Take a call. And Greg Max, line one. Oh, I love third base. I love how search dances. Yada, line two. I love hammer. Third base is whack. Them crackers. Da, 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 da. Line three. Yo, we love third base. Line four. We love third base. Line five come. was hammer again. So it's like, oh, it's <laughs> hammer, me, bitch. Sorry. Love I'm third back. base, right? Hammer, sorry. No, line six. Rolling 60 crib, dude. We're coming up there to get you. Rolling 60 crib. Phone's out. Mel Swift. Let's go. Get out. <laughs> Grab us. We're getting out. Greg Mack. Fuck you. Hate you. If I see you on the street, I'm punching you in the face. We get out. We get in the van. We're going down. Now, K-Day, you have to remember, was literally on a hill on a dirt mountain. It was an AM little radio station. We're going down the hill and coming up as a 64 Impala and five guys Bad. with Mac 11s. 
five guys pop out with Mac 11s and they pop out and also, they're the running fact up. That they're willing to murder in the morning. That yeah. to me is well, really that's nothing better. It's nothing better. <laughs> have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Then you go to Fat you go to somebody. Jerry yeah. Steiner's. You know, you have a nice, yeah. nice LA day. And then Pookie jumps out, bump, side singles, da 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 da. Guys go back in the car, they take off. Damn. So now the thing that's really crazy is that what Rush did, our management at the time, Lior Cohen and Russell, right. is they sent a guy from L.A. to stay by my conception side the whole time third base was in L.A. His name was Big D. So Big D goes to the We All in the Same Gang recording session because Russell helps my conception get a deal at Capital for his record to get put right. out. While he's there recording Easy e and all the people for that, Hammer comes in. And Big D, who works for Rush, is standing right next to Hammer and Mike Conception. So Hammer pulls Mike Conception into a room with Big D, because Big D's not leaving, right. and goes to Mike Conception, yo, I don't understand, why aren't they dead yet? And Mike Conception goes, well, <laughs> good money. <laughs> they're not going to die. We're not doing shit to them. And if you don't go in and do your fucking vocals, I'll kill your mother, your father. I'll kill your whole fucking family. Those kids are good money with me. Shut the fuck up. I'll give you your money back. Now go do your fucking verse. And Hammer went in and did his verse. He called the Bloods first to kill the guy. <laughs> about his mom. He went in, called him, do the verse. So the thing was, the next night was our album release party at the Palace. And Channel 5 was covering it and all this stuff. And we had to literally go into this party pretending to be security. And I'll never forget, I was looking at my wife. She was crying. Well, she wasn't my wife at the time. She was my girl. But I'm looking at Chantel. She's crying. Pete's girlfriend's crying. They're all like, we have to literally go out in Kevlar, pretend we're security, go in with security jackets, walk into the palace, and then take our clothes off and then hang out. And Easy was there, and Dre was there, and DOC was there, and LL gets on the mic and jumps on the mic, and Pookie's running around. And I'm looking at Pookie, and he's running around, and he's whispering to dudes and throwing up signs to dudes all through the party. And there were cars, blue cars, going all around the palace, all around. And again... You're talking about 50,000 gang members. Yeah. You can't shut that down in three days. When a call goes out, it's going to take a lot of time before. So Pookie literally saved our lives. If Pookie wasn't with us, we would be dead. And that's my MC Hammer third base story. That's That's a pretty good good story. That's a very good story. Let me see what uh, Amir wants next. (laughs) How much time we have, Gary? 38, 38 seconds? 38 seconds. <laughs> wow. That's brutal. So, Moshe, tell me about your bar mitzvah. How was that? Oh, you want to interview it? me? Yeah. How was that? Was it good? My bar mitzvah was very strange. I'm from, my, my family's from Seagate. They live in Seagate. Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Yeah. Island, that's where Tony so. D was. Tony it, D from the Bad Boys lived right on Seagate. Oh, in Seagate? Yeah, in Seagate. My family's all like. In the movie? <laughs> they're all Hasidic, like real deal. Oh, like, they're the real deal. Mom, of course, because you're Moshe. But my mom split. Oh, there he is. Uh, Here's a right, mirror. So, we just heard the Mike Concepcion. Hammer story. What would? What should we do next? Tupac. We can't do Tupac story. No, I don't. I th- no. All right, Moshe got confused. I was just so. Sorry, excited. Hey, what up, Quest? Okay. Quest. Chantel's here too, by the way. Quest. Say again. Wait, it's over. No, no, no. He's only told one story. The Mike Concepcion story. What would be the second place story to you? No, he has so many stories. He discovered Nas. Okay, go ahead. Tell us your Nas story. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, Chantel says hello, Quest. And you know when Jay Z dropped that line about you know like I only play search like publishing. He's talking about MC Search. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Repeat it because that's not going to come through. Um, 
right, Amir, we'll call you back. We'll call you back. <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> um, he's talking about Nas, the Jay-Z, the Jay-Z dissing Nas song. Tech on the dresser, so yeah, I sampled your voice. You was using it wrong. You made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. And you ain't get a coin, nigga. You was getting fucked in. I know who I paid, God. Searchlight publishing. You well, it wasn't really dissing. Here's the thing, okay? You, so, you're talking about discovering Nas. Okay, so I didn't... Let's be very clear okay. about this. I didn't discover Nas. Lodge okay. Professor discovered Nas. Right. He was on Main Source's album, Live at the Barbecue. Yes. Nas comes to see me in the studio when I was working on my solo album and asked me to help him because he was getting a deal at Big Beat that he didn't think was fair. Right. And he felt his lawyer was pushing him into doing this deal. And was it like God awful? It was, it was, it was a pretty bad deal. Craig right. Kalman, who was the president of Big Beat, wanted to give him $150,000 to take half his publishing. Right. And it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a 1992 record yeah. deal for a black artist. Right. And I was like, this is, I'm sitting in front of probably the greatest MC of all time. You're not going to diss him. And the problem You was, already thought he was the, just based oh, on the bar. Yeah. Streets disciple, more raps a trifle. I'll shoot slugs from my brain just like a rifle. Stampede the stage. I'll leave the microtone split. Play pretty, play pretty toughy while I'm on some pretty tone shit. Myrtle assassin, my architect pleases when I was 12. I went to hell for snuffing Jesus. Nazi Nas is a rebel to America. Police murderer, I'm causing hysteria. My troops roll up with a strange force. I was locked in a cage and let out by the main source. Can't touch this. Oh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, that verse in New York was biblical. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. When I was twelve, I went to hell for snuffing Jesus. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that Illmatic is and continues to be the most. But mo- that Breaking Adams album, Main Source, is probably one of the most underrated. Up there with OC Word Life is one of the most underrated hip hop albums of all time. So Nas is here and he wants my help. The problem is I know the guys at Big Beat that are trying to sign him. So I go to Big Beat first and I go to my man Reef and I go to my man Stretch Armstrong. I said, look, right. he's, he's signed a searchlight now. He can't sign this deal. Let's do a fair deal. Let's make a fair deal, an honest deal. Oh, so you, not- got, you gave him a publishing deal. No. I'll okay. get to that. Sorry. You must have I'll been every rapper's wet dream. They're like, he's a rapper <laughs> and he's a Jew. He can take care of all of us. He'll protect no, us all. The problem was they weren't, no, the Jews weren't protecting the black artists in those days. Right. Well, that's Morris what I'm saying. Morris Levy. They were on their side. It's not like now. No. <laughs> Jews go out the of their way. The charitable take care of the black. <laughs> oh, the Jews are so polite. Uh, so I said, we can't. And they, they're like, look, search, don't get involved in this. I'm like, I'm involved. Like, but you're giving him a foul deal. Like, you can't expect the greatest MC of our generation to sign a $150,000 deal and take half his publishing. He's like, but look, that's the deal. So I went across the street. I went to see my dear friend, Faith Newman, who also worked on my third base album. Yes. Oh, that's right. Thank you, Chantel. Oh, that's funny. No, 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 no. Look at right. yourself. First you went to Russell. Right. Look at yourself. Thank you, baby. <laughs> so then I went to Russell. And Russell said, famous line, he said, Nas sounds like G-Rap, and G-Rap don't sell no records, so Nas will never sell any records. So I'm not interested in signing Nas. Yeah. That sounds so like said, Mitzi at the comedy store. <laughs> so yeah. I said, fine. So then I went to my friend Faith Newman, and Faith Newman literally brought in the head of A&R, and we said, what kind of deal do you want? For Nas, you're not leaving here until we make a deal. 
And I said, I want as many points as Billy Joel has right now. And I want a quarter of a million dollars with a $50,000 advance, unrecoupable. And they're like, well, Billy Joel has 23 points an album. Right. I said, well, that's how many points. And probably retail points, right? Right, retail yeah. points. So, yeah. So it's like 40% of what you make on an album. Yeah. And he's like, well, we can't do that. And I said, then you're not signing Nas, and I'll find the deal for him. Right. And they were like, no. So Nas was set. So when the publishing came around, I went to Zamba. And I said, I don't want Nas's publishing. I want to administer his publishing. Right. How much but, money and which will you there's give money me? to be made on that as well. Yeah, but it's a yeah. small it's right. a small it's pittance. It's a service. Yeah. But what it is, it's long term ancillary income. Yeah. So you'll have that for the rest of your life. And it's not big checks, three thousand here, five thousand right. here, but it's for life. Yeah. It's for life. I, so I went and got him a quarter of a million dollars in cash. Right? So in, in two ca- days literally in cash. In, in cash. So in two days I got Nas about half a million dollars in nineteen ninety two. And I got him 23 points, and he recouped from his album Illmatic, which sold 700,000 copies, he recouped at 100,000 records. So he was set. Great. So my favorite story about Nas is when we did the second album, he always wanted a label called Ill Will named after He only sold 600,000? 600,000. Now it's up to 2.5 million. uh, Yeah. Or now it's like 3, I think 3.5 million. If anyone knows, it would be Searchlight Publishing. Searchlight Publishing. So anyway, so... Nas's next album, we do the deal, we do Ill Will Records, I get him, I, I back out, I just executive produce the album, I get him what he wants, I set him up, and about five years later, Jay-Z comes to me and says, listen, I'm doing this album, I want to use, uh, I want re- presidents to represent me and dead right. presidents. And I said, okay, cool, I'll, I'll, we'll, make, we'll make a deal that's fair. Right. You know? So I went to Nas's publishing company, Zamba, and I said, listen, this is going to come through the table. Don't rake them over the coals. I already right. told them. And like, I think we made the deal for like $2,000 and Nas retained 5% overall ownership of the record. Controlled copyright for the, right. for the sample, which is fair. Right. It's fair and just Just that track. Right. But I did the deal with Jay-Z. So when the Jay-Z beef started happening, right. he said, you were getting fucked then. I know who I paid God, Searchlight Publishing. Yeah. First of all, the company was called Schematics. It's not called Searchlight Publishing. Right. I just opened Searchlight Publishing this year. I just did a joint venture with BMG and opened an official Searchlight Publishing. Signed Bodie James. I so how did Jay-Z come up with that? That's what he just came up with. He thought it was because I'm Search and my company was Searchlight. He came up with Searchlight Publishing. Were, did truth, you have a company called Searchlight at any now, point? Yes, I did. Back then Searchlight you did? Music and Searchlight okay. Productions. All right, good, good, good. All right. Right. Cer- you know, been yeah. Searchlight since like 93. Got it. And that's what I signed Nas to, was to Searchlight Productions. Right. So he knew the company was called Searchlight. Got and that's it. where the story comes with the Nas and the Searchlight Publishing. Very good. That was right. two inside baseball for Moshe. Gary, <laughs> how we doing? Don't ask. Just, we, we got just, the other we're, two. We're plowing through. Yeah. We're plowing through. Any stories from the Latin Quarter? Wow. He really wants me to go deep. Yes. I have. <laughs> I have. So the Latin Quarter was a famous club in New York. Um, and a lot of artists were discovered there. Uh, Public Enemy turned their whole career around on a Thursday night doing um, Rebel Without a Pause at the Latin Quarter. Um, the first time um, the South Bronx was ever played, DJ DJ Raul played it at the Latin Quarter. Like, that's where you went. Right. That was the spot, period, in New York. Right. There was no other spot. Union Square came later. Rooftop was uptown. SNS was the after spot. But Friday and Saturday night, you were at the Latin Quarter, and then it moved to Thursday. And you were there. How old are you in the I am. Days? I am 21, and 22. Are, no, I'm like, no, that's not true. Chantel's. Yeah, I'm 19. 
Yeah, I'm 19. Are you the 18. first? Are you the first white dude in hip hop? No, the first white rapper is a guy named Vanilla B, aka Lord Scotch, aka Keo, aka Blake Latham. Oh, you I had know a problem Blake with branding. Branding, right? <laughs> Blake has a problem with branding, but he is officially the first white MC ever in hip hop. And was he whack? Never. Okay. Never. He got whack. mad even with you suggesting asking. Never no, heard of the guy. No, no, he's dope. All right, he's good. still dope. Okay. But for him, hip-hop wasn't about making records. It was about rhyming. Right. He's a purist that way. He still rhymes and has incredible lyrical skill. Like He could have been – he literally could have been probably the greatest – probably top five greatest MCs of all time. But Let me yeah. ask you, is Nas still – great? is he grateful to you for taking care of him? I don't know. We you never really talk about it. You know, it's funny. Nas and I have a very strange relationship. It's very bizarre. He considers me a brother, but we don't talk. Um, I'll ask him to do shit for me. He won't do it. Right. But he, he loves me like a brother. It's very bizarre. Like, I don't think he realizes the depth of what I did because I did it when he was so young. Right. You know, but he's so big in branding and doing what he does now, you know, with Rock the Bells being involved in right. Rock the Bells and owning that and now being involved in Mass Appeal and owning that label. Like, you know, he's ventured out and did he's his doing own, the voiceover you know. for Hennessy. Right. Is that he's right? Voice, yeah. yeah. He's the brand ambassador for Hennessy. He just did a huge deal with them. So, you know, we have a very strange relationship. I would call it a solid relationship. Because 23 points, be clear, is a lot of points. It is. And the fact that you And shout out Billy to Faith Joel's. Newman, but shout out to Faith Newman who had the balls to fight for 23 points. Right. You know, to, to ask for it is one thing. Right. For the label to say it's worth it to do this is another. Did and you guys, did, did third base ever have 23 points? I've never seen a royalty check for third base. Wow. I've never seen a check, a publishing check from third base. I got fucked. My deal was 150000 and half my publishing, and I never saw where the other half went. So if, Here's the thing. I love Russell and Lior and hate yeah. them at the same time. Because right. if it wasn't for Russell and Lior, there'd be no third base. Right. But I never made a penny off third base. I made money off the MC Search solo album. I made money as MC Search. No, no, no. It was on Def Jam. I made money as MC Search, the person right. and the personality who had the credibility from being on Def Jam right. and building my own brand. But I, I never saw a third base check, never. And so, and they did a they they did it with everybody, right? I, mean, I don't Russell know if they and... did it with everybody. I think Chuck D had a real good deal and Got was it. very smart about how he went back. He filed a class action suit for all of us that we won, and we all got some money. Oh, you did? About, yeah, we all got something. Not a lot, but we got something. But he filed a class action suit on behalf of all the artists signed from 1986 to 1994. Got it. Because so, the Beastie Boys had to buy their way out too, yes, right? Yes, that's, that's exactly right. Um, Capital had to pay get to buy them out. Have you heard the thing? And I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before. I believe the Beastie Boys bought back Fight for Right to Party. They did. Yeah, they did. Beastie Boys bought back Fight for Your Right to Party so that they could bury it forever. So that you literally can't get it it for shit. They're very anti brand. (laughs) Actually, MCA, God bless the dead, in his will says that you can never use Beastie Boy Records for any exploitation of commercialization of any product. Did you hear like, about the the little girls um, yeah, venture? They had that, yeah, yeah a little toy venture or yeah. whatever. It was very interesting because they yeah. were clearly torn, but they were like, we just don't do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of almost on the toy company side. Really? Almost. I mean, why? You can't... Because um, it's like educational and it's for girls and they're making fun of the song. Like, I get... 
It was a parody, but it's it, the point is. I get. I was. Yeah. I knew Adam. Like right. I know those guys. Like, but I'm saying, like, I part of it was like, ah, you can't just. Do, I thought that was the cheat of the whole thing. Is they were going, what are you going to do? We're just yeah. just trying to help. No, the it, girls. Was, it was. It was good that they. I'm glad that they took it down. No, they and they had to listen. The line is definitely drawn in the sand and yeah. concrete. Yeah, you know we're not going to do it, even if it's yeah. positive. So they had to pay to millions it. of dollars, right, to bury to a song. Russell. Just to bury a give song. us the song. Crazy. You yeah. can. No one will ever license it and never. I'll movie. tell you. Here's, here's another great story. This is a new story that no one's ever heard. I'm going to say it here. Oh, Amir's got okay. Amir's. Hold so, on. Wait for Amir to get his erection. <laughs> He's got to go grab lotion. Okay, right. go ahead. And now, okay, we're on the road in the south. Now, when you were an East Coast artist and did a tour in the right. South, you had a tour with South artists. You had to. There was no way to survive. Because they didn't give a fuck about East Coast rappers. So we are on the road, and we're on the road. This is uh, when Pop Goes the Weasel's out and Derelicts is out. We're on the road, and we're opening for the Ghetto Boys. Huge. I mean, just every record off that first album is just banging in so New Orleans. Good. So we're in, uh, we're in, um, we're outside of New Orleans, about an hour, Baton Rouge, and we do the show, have a great show, and I get a knock on my hotel door, and we got about twelve hours. I think it was like twelve or sixteen hours before we had to leave for our next city. So Bushwick, yo, search Bushwick. Come with me to New Orleans. I want you to meet my wife and kids. I got my brother with me. I got the limo. You just come with me. There's a cool club in New Orleans. It's really cool. We'll just come hang out. It'll be amazing. When are we going to be back? It's like we'll, midnight? No, it's like it's no, it's no, like 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, okay. We did an afternoon show. Oh, got it. All right. Be fine. We'll be back in plenty of time for the buses. I, sure. Sounds like fun. Get in the limo. Go in, his brother's sitting down, normal size, and Bushwick is standing on the seat. And he's standing there drinking a bottle of Hennessy. So we're driving with this driver, and the driver's real country. Got a white cowboy hat, got the mustache, the goatee. Just, and he's like, whatever, dude, you're just paying me, right? And fine. So Bushwick is talking biblical verses. He's a deep he's, guy, actually. I know. Bushwick. I mean, he's, he's talking about the, he's got the Bible out. He's reciting verses to me and I'm trying to make me understand why black people love third base so much because it's in the scripture <laughs> that we should love everyone and treat everyone equally. And the thing that I can't get past is, okay, he's standing on the seat and his head is not hitting the roof. Like, that's all I'm thinking about. Yeah. Like, Bushwick is standing in a seat. This is unbelievable. He, so, when he got tired, he would ride the bottle of Hennessy, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> bottle sort of in one hand, Bible it. in the other. Yeah, right. He would just like and his brothers, of... like preach, Bushwick, preach. You know, he's now he's now sideman. So we pull up to Bushwick's baby mama's house in in New Orleans, and it's pitch dark. It's on this really quiet cul-de-sac in a really really nice neighborhood in New Orleans, and we're going to this club called Peaches, which does a comedy slash hip hop night every. I think it was Thursday night. So we get out, and as soon as the limo comes, all these little dwarf kids in diapers start running towards the car. Mm-hmm. Daddy, 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 daddy. Three of them. Three little dwarf kids in diapers. I'm like, <laughs> they're definitely yours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big are, ass head. Yeah. Not the, the little body. <laughs> right? right? And his baby mama comes out, and she's pregnant. Right. And they're all happy to see him. She's they're regular like, size? She's regular size. So we go into the house, and I start to notice that 
there's a bay window right by the, the window that's boarded up, or at least halfway. And his mom, is, his baby mother's mother is there, and she says hello. And she's really stoic, really straight-faced. And I look to my right, and there's about 17 or 18 keys of cocaine on the window still, on the bay, all wrapped up, bundled, ready to go. And I'm automatically like, we need to get the fuck out of this house. Like, yeah. And Bill's like, nah, 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 we good. We're going to have dinner. We're going to sit and dinner. I'm like, yeah, Bill, you know what? We should really get to the club. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, let's just, let's, you know. He's like, all right, my baby mama needs to get dressed. You know, she's going to come with us to the club and yada, yada, yada. And I'm talking to uh, Bill's mother, <laughs> baby mother's mother real quick. And I'm like, so uh, happy to see Bill. You know, you glad he's back. And she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay. That's about the length of that conversation. It's all good. So Bill comes out. Baby mama comes out. We leave. And um, they're so happy to see each other. And we're driving over to Peaches. And his brother's now just as drunk as Bill is. They're both pretty inebriated. We get into Peaches. And we're hanging out. And there's a great band. And we're chilling. We're dancing. Me and Bill are having a great time. He's like, get on the mic, Sergio. Rap rap a little. Freestyle a little. Get on the mic with the band. So I get on the mic with the band. We're having a great old time. Yada, da 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 All of this. All of this. It's about 2 o'clock in the morning now. 3 o'clock in the morning. We got to get back because the buses are leaving at 6. So we get out. And Bill's brother's like, yo, can you drop me off at Burger King? And Bill's... Bill's like, why do we need to drop you off at Burger King? Yo, I met some females, man. They're gonna, they're gonna, we're gonna hang out. You know, we're gonna hang out. Just drop me off at Burger King, Bill. I'm not gonna be no problem. I just want to go to Burger King. And Bill's like, I'm not dropping you off at fucking Burger King. This is my motherfucking limo. I ain't dropping you off nowhere. Nah, you don't understand. It's right. And Bill goes, hold up, pull the fucking limo over. So we pull up, pull over next to this abandoned mall, like this giant mall. It's pitch black. And Bill's like, get the fuck out my limo. And his brother's like, nah, nah, you don't understand, man. I just want to go, nah, you need to get the fuck out my limo. And Bill kicks the door open, and Bill's brother gets out, and now Bill gets out. And He opened the door with his teeth, right? <laughs> gets, Bill. He and and, he Bill, and Bill's like, trying to, and he's like, yo, you're an ungrateful piece of shit. You know, I'm, I took you out. I bought you drinks. I did it. And his brother's like, yo, please, Bill, you know, it's, you know, it's not even a problem. Like, you know, the, and just as he's about to say the Burger King is right over there, Bill picks up a brick and throws it at his brother and cracks his skull open. Jesus. And blood starts coming down. He's leaking. All of a sudden, Bill's brother goes into a kung fu pose and goes, <laughs> and starts to try to kick Bill. And Bill's running with his little midget legs and his and chasing him around the limo. And he jumps into the limo and he's leaking. I mean, he's bleeding. And he there's a little partition. The partition's open and the driver's there. And he jumps through the partition. And Bill's brother's trying to get through the partition. Bushwick's trying to get through the partition. His little legs doing like scrambling back and forth <laughs> he grabs him and the baby mama who's pregnant don't hurt my baby don't hurt my baby she grabs the brother and they're starting to tussle and he kicks the baby mama like kicks her off and i'm like what the fuck is going on like what am i supposed to do and i notice that right over there is the burger king so i start running over to the burger king figure if i can get the girls to get bill's brother to the hospital this will all be quiet this right. will all be done right 
Well, it turns out that while I'm going over there and I'm running like top speed, Bill is now pleading with his brother not to kill him. He's sitting, he's like begging him not to kill him. And his brother's like ready to smash his head with a fucking brick. And I'm hearing this and I'm running to the Burger King and I'm trying to get these girls to come back and pick up Bill's brother. And the promoter of the club is there and he's trying to kick it to the females. <laughs> so I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, yo, ladies, you know, yo, um, Bill's brother's over here. He's like, nah, you don't want these bitches. Fuck these bitches. These bitches ain't shit. I'm like, yo, dude, do me a favor. Just relax. Like, ladies, he's right He's right over here. He, went, he was trying to come. Nah, fuck that. Nobody's going to call me a bitch. Nobody's going to call me out. My- ladies, Bill's brother didn't call you a bitch. This crazy motherfucker <laughs> did. Like, yo, don't worry about this crazy motherfucker. Who are you calling crazy mother? Fuck you. Like, I got a situation. Yeah. Bill, please, Bill. Right? I'm going to fucking kill you. Oh, baby mama, my stomach. I'm hearing all of this shit, right? Yeah. The girls take off. And now I'm walking, I'm trudging back to the fucking car. I'm like, fuck, this is crazy. This is crazy. This is, I don't, what, what am I, I'm in the middle of New Orleans at three o'clock in the morning. There's going to be a murder. Like somebody's going to get killed. There's a guy bleeding out his fucking face. There's a baby mom on the floor crying and Bill is pleading for his life. So I'm walking over there. This is when promoter. you unleash the greatest white rap of all time. <laughs> And bring the people together. So the promoter now comes over to me. He's like, nah, you didn't want those bitches. And I'm like, yo, do me a favor. Get the fuck away from me. Like, get the fuck away from me. You just, you don't even know what's going on, B. Like, right. So he takes off. And about 30 seconds later, just as I'm walking up to the limo, um, a K car pulls up. One of those old Plymouth K cars. Yeah. And it's Bill's baby mother's mother. And she goes, where's Bill? Where's Bill's brother? And I said, man, he's over by the limo. And she pulls out a Mac 11. And she goes, he's a dead motherfucker. And she pulls it out the window and starts driving one hand. Just as this is happening, the cops come. So she does a quick U-turn and bails the fuck out. Bill is on his knees pleading for his life. Pleading for his life. And his brothers, he's about to bash him in the fucking skull with this brick. Bill's on his knees, so that means he's flat on the ground. Oh, I mean, he's flat (laughs) on the ground. Right? And the cops come. And they say, what's going on? And Bill all of a sudden becomes tough guy. He assaulted me. Throw him in the fucking jail. Throw him in there. My brother tried to kill me. Throw him in the fucking jail. So New Orleans cops, they don't, they don't need a reason. Yeah. They grab up Bill's brother and, they, and he's bleeding like profuse. And they grab him up and they handcuff him because he's Bushwick Bill. And they at least know who he is. Right. And they put him in, in, the, in the back of the cop car. And the baby mother, the baby mother, baby mother's like, oh, and he kicked me in my stomach, and I'm pregnant, and da 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 da, and this and this. And they put him in the car, and they crack the window, just a little bit. And the reason I remember this is really important. They crack the window. Bill is jumping to try to get to the crack to spit on his brother. <laughs> so, and he can't reach it, so he's just <laughs> spitting on the window, and he, <laughs> and he can't make it right. We finally get back in the we get back in the car, in the limo. It's now about four o'clock in the morning. We're about ninety minutes away from getting in the car. We drop off Bill's baby mama. It's me and Bill in the car, and we get into a deserted area of highway, and the limo pulls over. Damn. And I'm like, okay, this is not good. And the hillbilly that was driving the car pulls down the partition and pulls out a Colt forty five. And goes, see this hat? It was his white cowboy hat that his wife gave him. 
And when the whole tussle went on, Bill squashed the hat. And he said. The only thing he was physically capable of squashing. <laughs> My wife bought me that hat. Y'all motherfuckers going to give me the money for that hat. Or I'm going to blow both your motherfuckers ass away. Whoa. And I'm and like, you're like, fuck you and your hat, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Bill, how much, what, how much is the hat? Like $200. I gave him 100 Bill gave him 100 And and I never hung out with Bushwick Bill ever again. I never. Well, I don't see why not. Yeah. You seem a, like a rash person for that decision. One more question, Gary. It's not about hip-hop. It's about as how did you learn to perform? Do you think performing for black audiences is different than performing for white audiences? Yes. And and walk us through your your. Uh, it's very simple, and it's a very simple, you know. And this is a 1990s thing, not a 2014 right. thing, because I think it's different now. I think when I was performing for white audiences, they were white frat boys. Right. They really didn't care what we were. Did you saying. resent frat boys? Yes. Were you, okay. Yes, I did. All right. I wanted to perform for black audiences. Right. I was making black music. I was allowed to be around black people who showed me love and showed me this culture and gave me the permission to make the music. And I wanted to perform for black audiences. And when Pop Goes the Weasel went pop and those black audiences became white frat boys, I had a problem. Like guys would try to stage dive off of our stages and we would grab them and body slam them. Like, yo, get the fuck off our stage. Right. The fuck you doing? Get that shit out of here. Right. They're like, no, 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 it's a party. Like, no, it's not. No, dude. Dude, it's not a party, dude. Get the fuck off the stage. Like, fuck all that. Like, we're a rap group. We're not some fucking rock group. What the fuck are you doing? Um, Black audiences love the culture. White audiences like that the music can let them party. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. Do you understand the difference? Yeah, that's so interesting. When, when a they black have an investment. Audience, a black audience Oh, they're so vested. The, they're right. vested in the art. When they go to see the artist, they know what the artist is wearing. They know what the artist is doing the day before. They're vested in the artist's life. White artists, they just want to party. If the record's right. a hit, they just want to party. They're not vested. Now, in 2014, that's different. The white audiences now are more vested than the black audiences. I find that white audiences that are Action Bronson fans, right. that are Joey Badass fans, yeah. that are Mac Miller, they are vested. Social media has gotten these artists vested. Right. Black audiences are into the lifestyle. And what is permeating from the music is the lifestyle. It's done at 180. And if I was performing now, I would probably not have a problem performing in front of anybody and mind you we performed in front of Wembley 110,000 white people with public enemy you know but we also performed in Brixton where it was 3,500 black people right you know what I'm saying like there there's a there's no difference there and when you do shows in Europe they are vested like those white audiences are vested in culture they're vested they're not there to party they're there to be a part of a cultural experience Got all it. right last question Gary right. here we go how did you come from the family that you were born into, this Jewish world where the, the idea of a white hip-hopper wasn't even fully formulated, into becoming MC Search? And, and then how did that, and you're going to like this, Gary, how did, these, how did those experiences bring you into where you're at today with this television show? And did you feel like a, a interloper? Did you feel like you were doing minstrelsy when you were? When you were no, no. Okay. Well, let, let me answer that first yeah. and then I'll answer that. All right. Um, you know, when I, w- I was lucky enough that when I got off the train at 135th and Convent Avenue to go to the high school music and art my freshman year. From the Bronx. W- 
from Far Rockaway. Queens. Oh fuck, that's a from long Queens. ass way. Yeah, it was two and two hours and twenty two minutes. Um, I would when I got off the train and went down to the lunchroom for the first time and saw Dana Dane, saw Slick Rick and their original group, the Kango Crew, and saw Dougie Fresh and Jay Cool from the Fresh Three MCs and Vanilla B, and watching them all in a cipher and the original Peter Gunn and the original, you know, they were um, just at your school. They were they were at my school. Did they go to your school? Yes. They went oh, did they school. really? Yeah, I didn't know. Oh, that. so you got off the train like a little Jewish kid and right. then had your brain cracked open, your psyche broke open by crazy. That group. And and you got to understand something. My friends, when I was in eighth grade at IS-53, they'd be like, yo, you got to hear this funky fresh tape that I got from my, my cousin in the Bronx. He was at this park jam and heard this Kango crew. They got this little little thing they do called Lottie Dottie, and we would put it the cassette in, and it was like a fourth generation, so it was barely legible, but we could hear Lottie Dottie. We like to party. We don't cause trouble. We don't bother nobody. We're just some men that's on the mic in like 1980. Right. And then I go to music and art and they're doing Lottie Dottie and I'm like mm-hmm. holy shit that is fresh that is funky fresh in the flesh you know like that is really fresh and I was like this is in 1980 this is 1980 I love it I mean and it's, yeah New York so, in 1980 was like the middle ages it was like <laughs> fucking <laughs> crazy the fact that you rode the train for two and a literally i could if you got in a time machine i'd pay to not ride the train (laughs) and i rode it every day for two hours for four years for two hours in 1980 it's like the warriors yeah totally it it really was it really was but people just didn't bother me i I don't know i got jumped three times in four years one time really bad a guy hit me in the face with a lucite cane but that was that was that was, yeah, that uh, was Bushwick Bill. That was, yeah, that was love. It was <laughs> really a love, thing. brother. I found you. But I was, <laughs> I was engulfed in the culture. Like Jake Cool from the Fresh Ram Caesar was doing F R E S H, fresh, fresh, fresh. Yo, that's fresh. Like in front of me before it was on profile. Right. Like before it ever came out in 1984. Like I knew everything. I knew the words of Lottie Dottie so much that I did them. Right. I used to impress girls. In 82 and 83, like claiming they were my verses. Great. When the record came out in 85, I was in McDonald's in Limbrook, And some girl was like, oh, my God, there's Ricky D. And they turned around and were like, where? Like the white kid right there. That's his rhyme. I heard him do it three years ago. Oh, I'm like, funny. fuck, I'm a biter. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like I was engulfed in it. So when I told my mom I wanted to be a rapper, she was like, what do you mean? You're going to rap gifts at Macy's? Like, that's not a living. That's not a career. Like, what are you talking about? And they supported me. My parents supported me in my endeavor. That's pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? They supported me in this culture that I wanted to be a part of. And they let me treat my parents' house like a hotel where I was out three, four, five nights a week just like literally showering, eating, and leaving to go and, and be a part of this culture. Um, and it was definitely like not a like for me it wasn't. And a, people didn't resent you. No, I, it was it, there was so much love that was given to me. Daddy O used to do a thing from Stetsasonic, like I want to show you my son, and they'd put on I know you got soul, and I'd come out and do the Running Man. I'd come out and go, you know, Tony D, who was had a big record at the time with Bad Boys, Inspector Gadget. He was my DJ at the time, and he'd be like, Yo, I, and I'd do this thing on stage. I go, Yo, I hear a lot of people saying something. I don't. I don't understand what they're saying to me. Like, Tony, you, you know what I'm talking about? He's like, yeah, they're saying you white boy. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> if y'all see a white boy on stage, somebody say white motherfucker. And the whole crowd will go, white motherfucker. <laughs> say white motherfucker. <laughs> white motherfucker. And I start dancing. They're yeah, like, yeah. oh, my God. Ah, ah. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. start rhyming. Oh, my God. Ah, ah. 
it was crazy, you know, and then I could rhyme off the top of Chantel, my head. Folks. I met Chantel in 88, 89. Wow. So the whole, the whole time. Yeah, I mean, she's been with me from the door. Well, what's funny is, you, so it happened in 80, and then this is like how long show business takes. It still took you fucking eight years. People don't realize it took us, the Cactus album took two and a half years to come out. We recorded it, yeah, it was in 87. Done? Yeah. Album was done except for two songs, Seven to the AM and Oval Office. That album was done, and Gas Face. Seven to the AM, Gas Face, and Oval Office were the three records that weren't done. Those were the newest records that we did. That album was almost two years old when we put it out. So, so yeah, so the second half of the question is how, where's the link to who you are today? And, and I think that I was always the guy that searched for the answers. That's how I got my name. Like people always ask me, why do you keep searching for the answers? Right. Like, I was watching my friends go from being Julius Johnson to Lord Omar Umaqua, understanding knowledge, you know, right. going to fight. And I, I want to know, like, how do you, you know, and that's how I got my name. And I was the guy that on tour, like with Tupac and with Shock G, like they would come to me and ask me like for their. You were on tour with those guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Gary. we used to freestyle. We used to freestyle every night. Shock G would get on the piano, and me and Tupac would in every city. We'd find a piano and we freestyle to like four o'clock in the morning. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and you t- you got along with Pac, and he was. Oh nice yeah, and- no, nah, we we hung out with him all the time. We hung out with him all the time. Chantel would we would hang out with him and. Yeah. So now you're yeah. helping other people find the answers in, on this new Yeah, show. and that's what it's cool. about. It's like at the end of the day, it's like I want to use all this knowledge that I've accumulated. Because the show is really based on the four tenets of hip-hop. The four tenets of hip-hop are peace, unity, love, and having fun. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what hip-hop is really about. It's not just the emceeing, the DJing, the beatboxing, the turntable. It's not all of that. When the Zulu Nation founded and created hip-hop, it was based on peace, unity, love, and having fun. And that's what my show is really about at the end of the day. Because I want people to be peaceful. Peaceful to each other and peaceful to the, to the people that they love. I want them to have love. Know how to give love, receive love, feel love. And feel real love. Not loves with buts and not loves or, or but real love. I want them to have unity. You know, there was no mention of hoes. No, there's no, there was no hoes. We, we didn't treat women like hoes. In fact... It's funny. My wife and I are trying to work on a documentary. Do you guys about- have kids, by the way? Yes, we have three. 19, and- 17, and 16. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, wow. You have adults. And yeah. where do you guys live, live? We live in Orlando. Do you really? Mm-hmm. That's cr- Why yeah. Orlando? We love it down there. Let him fi- finish his pillars yeah. pitch. Sorry. No, but it's just because I want everybody to have unity, and I want the show. It's about having fun. It's about, you know, look, conflict. It's fun to watch. Yeah. It's fun to watch people have beef, but it's not fun to have conflict for the sake of conflict. What's fun is that, okay, you get it out. It looks kind of ratchet, but you get to the core of the problem, and then we move forward. That's the thing that makes it all worthwhile. That's the thing that makes it great. Uh, mixed kids, are they? Uh, They're African-American, Puerto Rican, Polish, Jewish kids. And you, what do you tell them? I tell them to be themselves Got and it. listen to their mom. That's what I really tell. I mean, and listen, if they look, are they are they do they look black? Do they look mixed? They, they look mixed, and thank God they all look like their mother. And if they get Perfect out of pocket, skin. you just say, "Look at yourself." Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I would watch that show. Where do we where do you find it again? Uh, New York, L. A., Miami, D.C., Philly, Indy, and Dallas, on and San Diego, on CBS. No, it's on uh, it's on Tribune stations. You got to check your local list, like Channel Nine, KTLA yeah. Five, and PIX Eleven. You're a good dude. Thank you so much nah, for coming on, man. I, I'm so happy. And shout out to Quest for bothering me for two years to do this. He's been yeah. harassing me for two you years. You know, he'll be excited this. about the Bushwick Bill story. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thanks. All right, Pete. Thanks.
Can't swing. 